wake up early in the morning, round the crack of dawn, wave to my neighbors like what's up. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, Energized by Celsius. It is a Thursday edition of the show, and there is a lot to get into on today's, or I should say tonight's, episode. We are prime time at 7 p.m. getting into this one. And it was a pretty busy day, and all kind of happened later on in the afternoon. We knew Levante David was signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but then we found out later on that he was going to be speaking to us via Zoom this afternoon, which we got to catch up with Levante David, get his thoughts about the upcoming season, and a couple of interesting things that Levante David got into. And then not long after that, the Bucs came out with an announcement that they released starting kicker Ryan Suckup. That saves the Bucs $3.5 million. So they'll be looking for a new kicker. We will react to that. And then we'll talk a little bit about QB3. We've talked a ton about Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask this week. Those will be the top two guys lobbying to be the starters for the Bucks next season at quarterback. But what about the third option? Will they go in free agency? Will they go through the NFL draft? A lot of great stuff to get into. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is my fellow colleague at PewterReport.com, Adam Sly Slavon. Adam, thanks for joining the show. How are you doing this evening? Thanks for having me. I'm doing great, Matt. There's a lot of news to talk about today, so I'm excited to get into that. Yeah, it's so funny how it works sometimes because, you know, obviously Monday you were there. Very busy. Baker Mayfield yeah. speaks. The next day, pretty busy as well. A little bit more of the aftermath of uh, of Baker and Baker against Kyle Trask. Yesterday, not as much stuff to talk about. You know, we always try to come up with topics, always try to keep it um, as interactive as we can with the pewter people, get into a lot of stuff. But, you know, every now and then in the off season, there's not always going to be a thousand different storylines. And then, bam, this, 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 and this all comes together. Kind of like what we saw today with um, kind of like what we saw today with Ryan suck up and getting to speak to Levante David as well. But let's start with the, the most recent news that, of course, is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are releasing going in an opposite direction at the kicking position they are letting go ryan Suckup, who joined the team in 2020 he was the man that got rid of the bucks kickers curse which was around for a very long time adam you might not even really be that aware of it because uh by the time you started covering the bucks ryan Suckup had vanquished it but this move does make sense overall Suckup. Uh, was going to make $3.5 million this year. So the Bucks save a lot of money when they are salary cap strapped this year. And suck up very accurate player, uh, kicker-wise, I should say, um, within you know 45 yards and closer. It was the long range that really did him in. But I'll ask you, um, do you agree with this move that the Bucks made? I know some people are still pretty high on Ryan Suckup for what he can do. Just give me your overall thoughts about the move and your reaction to it. So I just want to say, I do remember the Bucks drafting Roberto Aguayo in yes, the second yes. round. And he was a Florida State guy. So that like just added more fuel to the to the fire because anytime you draft a, a Gator, a, a Seminole, or someone from Miami, or if they ever got someone from USF or UCF, it adds like a little bit more to it. But please proceed. Yeah, so hopefully they don't spend a second round pick on a kicker again. But just to kind of get into it, so Ryan Suckup at $3.75 million he was making, that price was in the top 10 range of all kickers in the NFL. And while Suckup, he's been a really accurate kicker, his range at this point in his career getting older, we saw it last season, he couldn't really kick beyond 50 yards. Right. He, his range was kind of in that 45 to 48 that was probably like the longest field goals you could really be comfortable sending him out there. So the Bucks, they could like looking to cut costs at pretty much every position, trying to get under the salary cap, bringing new guys in. It was kind of a, a cost they couldn't really afford to keep. And getting a kicker, whether that's in round seven, like the later rounds, like they did with Matt Gay a few years ago, or even getting an undrafted guy. There's a lot of success stories there. And Probably something they're going to lean towards. Yeah, just to get into the stats for uh, Ryan Suckup for last year, I'm pulling them up 
at the moment, they're not bad by any means. Um, but it, and and I said this before on the show. <clears throat> I don't think it was all Ryan Suckup's fault. Like the Bucks knew the limitations of Ryan Suckup. Very, very accurate from inside 50. But it's it felt like Todd Bowles continuously put him in these over 50 situations that he had no shots of hitting. Like I remember a lot, like either you were on the, sh- the live stream with me, Adam, or or someone else, and we'd be like, why are why are they attempting this field goal right now? He just he has no chance of making it. But you know, to suck up's defense, I guess, is you know, from extra points, he was 24 of 25. Uh field goals made was 31 out of 38. And again, you look at the amount of 50 yarders he missed, it it mostly came from that range. You know, he only missed like one or two from inside 50. But in today's day and age, you have guys that are making 60-yard field goals at, you know, the drop of a hat. It came pretty easy to them. So I don't necessarily want to say the game has moved on from Ryan Suckup. I just think Suckup isn't able to evolve with the game itself. His leg is not going to get stronger at the age that he is at. I still do think if you're a team, and here's the difference. The Bucs in 2020 <clears throat> and over the last few seasons, they struggled last year, so maybe this is probably a better argument for 2020 and 2021. You had a Tom Brady-led offense. You had weapons all over the place. It would be a disappointment if you had to settle for, like, a 51-yard field goal. Like, they should be in the red zone where you're either scoring a touchdown or Ryan Suckup has a chip shot that they are going to be making. In this new offense, which... We're all very optimistic about it, without question. But it, with this offense, with a lot of uncertainties, especially at the quarterback position and not knowing exactly what you're going to get from a new play caller and Dave Canales, you're going to need every single yard you can get from your kicker. You're going to want a, a guy that can kick it from 55 yards and not have to cross your fingers and, and really hope that um, – it's going to go through the upright. So I don't want to downplay Ryan Suckup because I really do think he was super important to the Bucs winning the Super Bowl in 2020. Is he the MVP? No, but, you know, he he's helped the MVP out the Bucs. He was an MVP. Yeah, he's definitely the special teams MVP, and he was for a while. So I don't want to downplay the importance and the significance of him coming to Tampa in the first place. It's just – for the price, again, the Bucks saving three and a half million by releasing him. If it was only going to cost the Bucks one and a half million, if that's all they had to pay him, he's probably back because of his accuracy. But kickers, I'm not going to say here. I'm not going to sit here and say that you can pick up any kicker off the street and he's going to give the same production. That is not true. But. You can find another group of kickers to come in and do a somewhat similar job to what Ryan Suckup was able to do. Very important to the Bucs for his time. But with the salary cap situation the Bucs are in, they kind of had to move on. And um, now Ryan Suckup's a free agent. And you mentioned crossing your fingers. I remember we were both on the game day show against the 49ers. And yes. he went out there for a 55-yarder. And... It was like, what, what's going on? Like, yeah. Ryan Suckup has no chance of making this field goal, and they still brought him out there. So that was one instance. But to your point and kind of like the cost, like the value of drafting of drafting a kicker really outweighs keeping him at the $3.5 cost. Kind of similar to the running back position, you can't just pick a running back up off the street. But at the same time with kickers, you can kind of re- – they're easily – replaceable relative to like other positions so it's unfortunate because he did do a lot with the with the bucks especially as you mentioned during the super bowl season but just another buck that's going to be moving on here yeah unfortunately and that's a good observation adam is that you know the bucks have had to make a lot of salary cap releases and it's not just ryan suckup obviously donovan smith is on the move leonard fournette cam Brate, and so ryan suckup is just the the next one in play for the Bucs. And this whole offseason has been about value and 
how the Bucks are going to navigate this, uh, you know, this offseason. And if you want Jamel Dean and you want Levante David back, that's great. I'm sure every Bucks fan is signing up for that. But that also means on the flip side, you're gonna have to lose Cam Brate and Donovan Smith and and today with Sucka. Scott Reynolds said earlier in our group chat, because listen, I'll be honest, I haven't really watched college kickers this year. They they were not on my radar. So uh, Scott came to us today and said, guys, get ready to study Jake Moody, Andre Sismit, Chad Ryland, Jack Podlensi, Christopher Dunn, B.T. Potter, and Anders Carlson. Um, these are a couple of kickers. Again, I haven't watched. I'm going to be uh, – I try to be as authentic as I can on the show. I haven't watched a lot of college kickers. There's not that guy that, like, really stands out, like, in past seasons, like Roberto Aguayo. And then, Adam, you came over the top with uh, someone. <laughs> Would you care to uh, to dive a little bit deeper about this kicker? Yeah, so that's Harrison Mevis out of Missouri, I believe. Stands five foot 11, 254 pounds. He's nicknamed the thicker kicker. And I remember... <laughs> I remember for our battle plan, um, I was doing like some research on him. He's 10 of 13 on field goals beyond 50 yards in his college career. So, hey, get some I, range and have some fun with it. I would absolutely love to just have a big kicker <laughs> for the Bucks this season. Yeah. He's 10 of, 10 of 13 from uh, from 50 plus. I'll take your word for it. That is um that is absolutely hilarious. That would be so funny to watch. But it'd be yeah, like Barcelo we'll start... Cologne. Oh my God. kicker. Yeah. Oh, he really would. Oh man. I'm not gonna go on too much of a side tangent here because overall I think it's better for the game of baseball that uh you know you have a DH instead of the pitcher hitting. But when he hit that home run, I remember I was working at the time. I was actually working in minor league baseball. And then like I saw like Bartolo Cologne hit a home run. I like could not believe it. I had to. I stopped in my tracks and was like, oh, my God. Bartolo just had a home run. Um, but that's that a conversation iconic. for another day. As Shaggy says, thicker kicker with a bunch of dot, dot, dots, LMAO. By the way, shout out to everybody in the uh, in the chats tonight. Uh, if you want to super chat us, you will cut the line. And we will uh, make sure that we get your comment up on the screen. As Alpande says, Bartolo Cologne. What? That's a name from the past, absolutely. But uh, he was at Mets old timers day uh, last year, so that's something for everyone to chew on. Et says, "Let's go Chattanooga lookouts." By the way, if you are looking out for energy drinks, number one energy drink you must be having is Celsius energy drinks. Check out their new flavors: Fantasy Five, Sparkling Lemon Lime. Uh, those are some of the new ones. Of course, you can't go wrong with any of the vibes, the Arctic, peach, and tropical vibes. Fantastic flavors. You also got a couple of other options with the Fuji apple pear, sparkling wildberry, sparkling orange, sparkling watermelon, strawberry acai, strawberry lemonade, and uh, peach mango as well. What am I missing in there? Uh, cucumber lime is great as well. So many awesome different flavors of Celsius energy drinks. Um, if you want to know where to find them, punch in your address to the store locator and find a Celsius near you at your local Walmart, Target, 7-Eleven, or your bodega, as I like to say. And Scott Reynolds likes to get riled up about it. By the way, shout out to Scott Reynolds. He's probably not watching the podcast right now, but only because his Kansas State Wildcats are playing in the Sweet 16 in the March Madness tor tournament at the moment. And they're playing in the world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden in the greatest place in the world, New York City. Well, Long Island's a little bit better than New York City, but a great spot to be in in the first place. But we know Scott loves Celsius. He loves all the different flavors. So go pick one up at your bodega. And then if you want to uh, start buying it in bulk, get the variety pack. Because variety is the spice of life. Go to Amazon, click on the subscribe and save and have a Celsius pack sent to your house or apartment every week month quarterly or yearly just make sure you're drinking celsius energy drinks the official sponsor of the pewter report podcast adam the other bit of news unless you want to keep talking about kickers i don't know how in-depth you've gotten in on uh 
on the kickers. Not but, much further, no. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's fair. I, I think a lot of us are all in the same boat. A lot of people are saying Moody, but, uh, you know, Christopher Oxentine saying they are ahead by five, talking about Kansas State. Uh, yeah, Christopher's from the Kansas State area, so there you go. Tony says Gronk is as accurate as Suckup was from beyond 45 <laughs> yards. There's uh, a little bit something to that. But let's get to the next part of this show, what we want to get into, and that was the Zoom press conference with Buccaneers future Hall of Fame linebacker Levante David, also known as LVD. Easier to type out in text than spelling out the whole name, just say um, LVD. Great that he's back. Um, just want to get your initial thoughts, Adam, what you thought about the um, the whole press conference itself. Um, there are a couple of things that I found particularly interesting, but was there anything that stood out to you? What stood out to me was Levante David's desire to come back, and yeah. he spoke on it, the legacy that he kind of wants to leave in Tampa Bay, and being one of the Buccaneer players, one of the only ones to have played more than 12 years with the team. Yep. I thought that, that was one of the really first, interesting. Yeah, that was one of the first things I was like, wow, he dropped some knowledge on us. He was like, yeah, Rondé, 16 years. And he's like, Derek Brooks, Paul Gruber, I think had 10 or 12. Yep. So yeah, it was just awesome to see. Yeah, and to think he's going to be the next one on that list. And someday after his career's over, this kind of solidifies him being in the ring of honor, being a lifetime buck and having a legacy in Tampa Bay. And also coming back when he easily could have gone to a team that was probably in a better position to be a contender than the Bucs are next year. Someone, someone uh, like the Buffalo Bills, for example, mm-hmm. I think they were interested in meeting with them and they're a Super Bowl contender, but he decided to stick around, be comfortable in the locker room and continue to build the culture that has led the Bucs to winning the Super Bowl in 2020. So for Levante David to come back, it adds a veteran presence that the team really needs in 2023 as with a lot of key guys on defense and the secondary, you don't know their status in free agency yet. Levante David and Levante David and Devin white last season, they got all the tackles. They played all the snaps. Uh, I think they were tied in tackles with like 120 something. So for yeah. him just to come back and it, it's huge. Yeah, I, it's so funny. I didn't even realize this at the time, but, you know, I was looking some stats up. So Levante David talked a lot about um, redeeming, not just himself, but redeeming the Bucks for the way that really all of last season went down. And that was the thing I was most fascinated with, is that he wants to redeem the Bucks for the way that they went 8-10 and 10 and everything was so up and down. I'll get back to that in a moment, because I feel like last season – as bad as it was for the Bucs, Levante David, without question, had a bounce-back season, mostly health-wise, because he was able to play 17 games, where the year before, he only played 12. He had to miss five games. And crazy enough, Levante, in 2021, even though he missed all that time, he had 97 tackles. It was only the second time in his now 12-year career that he didn't make 100 tackles. And the only other time was 2016. And that's with him missing the most games in his career. He came three tackles short of it. But then you fast forward to this season, and he had that Liz Frank injury, but he got healthy for this season. He played all 17 regular season games and the wild card round as well. He ended up with 124 tackles. That was the most tackles that Levante David has had since he made the Pro Bowl in 2015. So since 2015... You go all the way to 2022, Levante David got the most amount of tackles that he has in that time. So without question, a bounce back of uh, very high proportions. Um, but he goes into a lot more about just wanting to pretty much right the wrongs for all the mistakes that that went on last year. He goes on to say everything was so up and down and it was it wasn't consistent. We're a better football team than what we displayed. He's talking about the whole season and kind of more specifically the playoff loss to the Dallas Cowboys. Cause then he says, definitely that playoff loss losing at home in a wild card game. We basically probably played the worst game of the season. We were outmatched. We just didn't play the way we know how to play football. Obviously that factors in when you're a competitor like me, I feel like the best place for me to redeem myself was in Tampa kind of finishing what I've started. 
I've been there my whole career. I wouldn't want to be nowhere else. They're like a family there. So I'm excited to be back and get back to playing football. And I think it's even more important, Adam, considering the, the overall changes to the team. And Tom Brady leaving is, is a nuclear type of thing. You know, that's gigantic. Defensively, you know, they're still mostly intact. I know they know I know they lost Nacho. Um, it doesn't look like Akeem Hicks is going to be back. You have the safety room is still wide open. But there's still going to be a lot of change there. So I think it was important to get Levante back. You have him reunited with uh, with Devin White. And um, there are going to be new changes. Greg Gaines on the defensive line, he comes to the team now. So he kind of spoke about a lot of the changes going on and his overall confidence in the Bucks still being able to compete to win the NFC South, which if they do it this year, it would be a hat trick. It'd be three years in a row. So he says, I'm confident in what we got. We got a majority of our local room still there, still intact. We lost some key pieces, obviously, but the majority of our locker room is still intact, and that's something I really, really like. Obviously, we added a quarterback, talking about Baker Mayfield, and we added another guy on the defensive line, talking about Greg Gaines, and we lost some guys on the defensive line and added Jamel Dean back. That was a big, big thing for us. I feel like for the organization. We're still going to be a confident group. We've won the division back-to-back groups now, and we're trying to see it for a third year. I'm sure everybody feels like they can take the division, but we feel like we got the guys in the locker room with the people we added. Uh, we have the co- competitive fire to get us to where we need to be. We did lose a lot of key people. Whoever's going to fill in their roles is going to have some big shoes to fill, but I feel like with the locker room we have, everybody will fit in really well and you know Levante he's been around for a long time I don't think he's going to exactly reveal everything to the media but I I don't think he's gonna completely just say false things that he um, doesn't necessarily agree with either I don't know if Levante Dave was the most important signing of this offseason I think obviously Jamel Dean is probably number one but man, it just feels good to have Levante back in Tampa. Definitely. You, you don't think he was the most important one with, with like a deep cornerback class? Because the way I like, if Levante David would have left the whole, like just in terms of talent and leadership, it would have just, there would it would have been a hole that would have been voided. Yeah, I just think, you know, Devin White, he's a team captain. You can say everything you want to say about him as a player, but he's been a team captain for multiple seasons now. And let's be realistic. Levante, he's playing this season. Maybe he plays next year, but you know, Levante overall isn't in the long-term plans of the Bucks. Jamel Dean absolutely is. Carlton Davis, they re-signed him last year. He's a big part of that. They'll have to make a decision on, um, on Devin White after this year. I just, I love everything about Levante David. It's just, He's an older player. It's important to bring him back for this season. But long-term, Jamel Dean for four years, I would give the nod to him. That's a great point. Yeah. In terms of, like, presence, like, right now in the short term, it's definitely Levante David and just, like, the impact he has on the organization. But long-term, I, I see your point on on Dean there for four years. Yeah. Uh, I want to get to some of the comments here. I've been uh, neglecting that a little bit. I apologize, Peter People, but we got to – a lot of stats to look up, a lot of uh, information to get into. Um, let's see. I got to scroll back a little bit. Um, Kieran said, evening, Peter people. Who's ready for Jake Moody at 19? <laughs> Getting back to the uh, kicker conversation. Little uh, Matt Gay conversation as well, because that's who Ryan Suckup replaced when they drafted him for a year. Uh, Gary says, great. So now we're going to waste another pick on a kicker. And I don't know how you feel, but if, if the Bucs take a kicker in, like, the seventh round, I don't know. Who cares? It's the seventh round. Like, you're lucky to find the next Grant Stewart who was on the team. They traded him to Indy, but I don't know. It's a seventh-round yeah. pick. Why not take a flyer? Yeah, definitely. Somebody like Jake Moody in the seventh round with, like, the 250th pick. There's no harm in that. Yeah. But at, at 19, that's funny. <laughs> As that's Wayne like Hackett. Sebastian Janikowski. Yeah, exactly. Remember the Jets got Mike Nugent one year. 
uh, I think yeah. in the second round. Um, because they lost the Steelers where their kicker, Doug Bryan, I still remember his name. Doug Bryan missed like three field goals in a playoff game. And it was like, oh, they're only a kicker away. Clearly they were not. But anyway, um, Wayne Hackinson says, draft a kicker late, then two undrafted free agent kickers for a real competition. I'm fine with that. Flood the position. The Bucks do it at corner. They do it on the defensive line. Flood the position. I'm all for it. Zachary Jarvis says, do we still have Ryan Griffin? Ryan Griffin is not under contract at the moment. He is the longest tenured Bucks quarterback to be with this team. Um, we will talk about QB3 in just a moment. But first, do you want to remind everybody, um, if you are living in the Tampa Bay area and you want to um, enjoy all of it, maybe different sporting events they got going on. Make sure you check out Pin Chasers. Um, it's a great night out with fam, uh, family and friends. They have multiple locations from East Pasco to Zephyr Hills, Midtown, and Veterans. They have one pretty close to the Advent Health Training Center where the Bucks uh, have their practices. The food is very underrated from the pizza to the chicken tendies to the nachos. They have different deals. That's like the big thing with the Pin Chasers, different deals. Every single night from all-you-can-eat pizza, all-you-can-bowl, dollar beers, a ton of awesome different deals. If you have a kid and you want to throw a birthday party, um, they have an arcade area so the kids can bowl and play some video games. It's also great to set up with, uh, you know, a company event, you know, uh, if you want to take some clients out, if you want to reward your employees for doing a, a pretty solid job, Pin Chasers is a great spot to go to. They have a full shelf bar with, beer, liquor, wine, everything you need. So go to pinchasers.net to find out what deal they have for you because they will have one that you will enjoy. So pinchasers.net, check it out. So Ryan Griffin is an option to be QB3. He's been on the practice squad the past couple of years since like Kyle Trask has been there. If the Bucks want to go with another cheap option, Ryan Griffin is definitely the guy. Um, there are a couple other low-risk um, free-agent quarterbacks out there, another veteran person. I don't know how much in other years with, like, a guy that has a connection to the offense, very much how, like, Blaine Gabbert was. With a new offense and an offensive coordinator that has never called plays before, Drew Locke was the guy, but he's back with the Seattle Seahawks. I'm not sure if bringing in, like, a Joe Flacco or someone like that is or Josh Johnson as well. Obviously, he has that connection to the Bucks. I don't think it holds as much weight as it would in other seasons. I'm not like against it, but the Bucks obviously have to work with with the cap situation that they're in. So whoever they decide to go with, if it's a free agent, we can get to the NFL draft in just a moment. But it's a free agent. I think it's like Griff or someone very very inexpensive. Yeah. Kind of looking over uh, some of the free agent backup quarterback signings, even guys like Nick Mullins are getting a couple yeah. million a year, which which is fine for most teams. But right now with the Bucks cap situation, that's probably something that they would address if they don't draft one after the NFL draft. They would pick up like a cheap veteran. Some of the options you mentioned, Blaine Gabbert, if he wants to come back, Josh Johnson, Chase Daniel, uh, but he's 36 years old. With Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan, they're probably too expensive for the Bucks, even as yeah. backups. They'd probably command like five, six million a year. But there's a lot of intriguing draft prospects. Now, there was uh, Daniel Jeremiah in his latest mock draft. He went with Will Levis going to the Bucks at 19. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know about him at 19, but there's also a lot of other prospects we can get into who might intrigue the Bucks at various points in the draft, depending on how the board falls. Yeah, let's talk about Levis first. I, I think there's two guys that like really come into mind for quarterbacks that the Bucs would draft that are somewhat polarizing. Um, Levis, you know, talking to him at the NFL Combine, I get it. Every prospect is going to say all the right things. What type of player am I getting? I'm getting a guy that's going to work real hard, and I'm going to be the first guy in and the last guy out, and blah, 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 blah. We've heard it a thousand different times. But the infliction and the demeanor and the way they respond to other things outside of just like, what type of person are you are? 
I got the the assumption or the impression, because that was my first impression of Will Levis live. This is a guy that's very comfortable in himself. He's very confident in his abilities, which was really interesting, too, because, like, I know going into the year, he was kind of touted as one of the top prospects, prospects, and, I don't know, there's really nothing special about Kentucky. There's nothing special about his time at Penn State other than that he knows who Chris Godwin is because Chris Godwin also played at Penn State. I get that he has a big arm. I get that Kentucky didn't really have the best offense and offensive line around him. I just, I'm not sold that the Bucs should take him at 19 because he has a big arm, because it means you're planning to move on from the quarterback competition from this year. And if you're already doing that, I mean, then you're opening up Pandora's box because that means probably no more Todd Bowles. That probably means maybe Dave Canales is out of there too. I don't know. I'm, I'm not very high on a lot of the, the quote unquote big four of the draft prospects this year. Yeah. And kind of to your point about Levis. So we talk about like Dave Canales and how Drew Locke was probably the most familiar quarterback on the market. Levis is probably the second because his offensive coordinator, um, Liam Cohen was the offensive coordinator with the Rams. And then he went to Kentucky. I think he filled the same position there. So kind of the same thing with Baker Mayfield playing with the Rams last season. There's some familiarity in like terms of concepts and schemes, but if the Bucks drafted Levis at 19, that puts so much pressure on him, perhaps unfairly to mm-hmm. compete against Kyle Trask against Baker Mayfield. And for every Josh Allen, there's a Blake Bortles, uh, Levis has the height and he has a size 6'4", 229, but it's more of a luxury pick because you don't know what Kyle Trask, you don't know what you have in him. He Two seasons on the bench, except the week 18 against the Falcons and then Baker Mayfield. This is, this might be his first chance at finding stability in a career of just ups and downs. So before you know what you have in those two, it's really hard to justify drafting a quarterback at 19. Yeah, Adam, you wrote a an awesome article today about Baker trying to find that stability. And you went back to an old podcast that Baker was on where he really that's what he really hit home on. You know, he he mentioned it in his press conference, but you did a lot of great research with that. I'm pulling it up right now. I'm gonna put it in the the comments for everybody. So if anyone had not seen it yet, they can go and uh check it out. Yeah, Baker Mayfield's definitely trying to revive his career. But the key word you said in all of that, Adam, was luxury pick. The Bucs are not in a situation to have a luxury pick at the moment as I... uh... Yep, there it goes. The story's in there now. Make sure you check out Adam's latest article at pewterreport.com. The Bucs cannot afford a luxury pick by any means, you know? And so even if they were in love with Will Levis... Well, they're a little bit too late because you know why they can't redshirt someone? And this is kind of my point with Hedden Hooker. Because you already redshirted someone with Kyle Trask. He was your redshirt guy. You can't go and redshirt someone again. And, yeah, you're right. It is unfair to Will Levis. Um, Why all of a sudden is he going to have to be the golden child? Because everyone else in the organization screwed up. And Baker wasn't the guy and Kyle Trask wasn't the guy. Not saying that just yet. But if you go with Levis, you're taking a really big insurance policy when you have to address so many other positions. So that's why, for the most part, why I don't like the idea of Levis. And obviously, Daniel Jeremiah is well-respected. I respect him a lot. Um, It's just, yeah, kind of a head-scratching decision there, especially after Baker Mayfield had, you know, just signed with the team. I want to get to a comment from uh, Mark Fisher, who's a constant contributor um, to pewterreport.com and donator. Uh, Mark says, serious question. If you say we don't want a third string QB to compete, what would we dot, 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 someone who's bad or just a a body to fill space? Well, you don't want someone that's bad. Yeah. But I think – for all the free agents that you listed, I don't know if anyone on that list 
except for maybe like Matt Ryan would be a legit contender for the starting spot. But as we already pointed out, he's going to be way too much money where it's not worth bringing him in. If you do it through the through the draft, you're bringing in a core quarterback that's on a rookie contract that's extremely cheap. If it ends up being a Matt Flynn, Russell Wilson situation, I'm sure the Bucs are absolutely fine with that because Baker's only getting paid $4 million. Kyle Trask is on a rookie deal. Then you're going to bring in your starter who's also on a rookie deal? The Bucs are absolutely down with that. It's just you have to make it right in between the lines of getting the right salary cap situation. You know, if if Hendon Hooker is the guy, and I want to get your thoughts on Hendon Hooker because I've been talking about him. If Hendon Hooker can come in and compete for the starting job for the Bucs, I'm all for it. I just don't think it should be within the first three rounds when you have to address nickel corner, safety, edge rusher, defensive line, offensive tackle. So that's really my biggest point about it, Adam. Yeah, and kind of talking about Hendon Hooker, not too impressed with with Hendon Hooker and just kind of him coming off an ACL injury. He's already 25. People are now hyping him up in the first round in some mock drafts. As the fifth quarterback, he he likely will be the fifth quarterback. But in the first round, I'm not a that that would be a reach. And unless he drops a few rounds and he's like a day three guy, maybe you take a chance on him. But you want somebody to compete alongside Kyle Trask and Baker Mayfield and develop. And if you take a guy like Hendon Hooker, he won't get a chance to develop like through OTAs, mini camp, and training camp. And then perhaps he gets thrown in, and then there's another. Uh, like coaching change and scheme. And it would just put him in a really bad spot to develop. So I don't really see him being an option. I don't know if you have any different opinions on that. I actually, I'm a big fan of Hendon Hooker. I love like what he did against Alabama. I love his arm. That game was crazy. Yeah, that that was such an awesome game. Um, The mobility factor, but he's coming off of a serious injury, as you just pointed out. And And he's older. I'm not saying at all first round pick. I think if he's in the third round, if he's available there, absolutely consider him. First round, absolutely not. <laughs> Do not even think about that. That's why it would have to be like a fourth. Uh, well, the Bucs don't have a fourth round pick. It would have to be like a fifth round pick. If he's still available, then yeah, I'm down for it. I think he can bring a lot of great stuff, but he's not even going to be ready by the beginning of the season. So again, it's a wash for the Bucs. There's so many other positions they have to get into. Um, I said a lot about Hendon Hooker yesterday, so you can check out that podcast if you want to. Thomas Foolery says, I feel like Duggan, talking about Max Duggan, could be Heineke in a few years. We saw Duggan at the Senior Bowl. Um, he did meet with the Bucs. He told us that um, at the NFL Combine. I believe it was informally. He's another guy. We talked about kickers in the seventh round. If he's there in the seventh round and you still need your QB3, I'm fine with Max Duggan. You know, he obviously comes from a winning background, taking TCU to the national championship. Obviously didn't work out in that game against Georgia. But what do you got to lose? You know, if he's got that, everyone keeps saying he's got moxie. And I like the term moxie, but it's usually for like quarterbacks that aren't like that talented, but can kind of like get you through a couple of things. Put it this way. If Max Duggan is, if your third string quarterback's playing in a game anyway, odds are you're probably screwed. That's why I never understood like the Dolphins. They'd be like, oh, Skylar Thompson's in the game. Like, what do you, then they still can't perform? Well, I think, you know, you see what Brock Purdy did. That's an enigma. That doesn't happen all the time. You get a lot more. I'm not trying to bash Kansas State. I hope they're winning still. Um, you get more often what like Skylar Thompson gave to the Dolphins than what Brock Purdy does for the 49ers. So that's why he was getting like the Brady comparisons because it's only like once every 20 years, you see a late round, like sixth or seventh round quarterback come in and like hit the ground running. That never happens. There's usually just so many struggles. Yeah. (laughs) Like it's very, very rare. Um, But you know, everyone wants to be right all the time. Gary with an interesting question. Are we going to trade out of the first round? And I'm not going to ask you to predict whether or not they will make a trade, but would you suggest that the Bucs trade? I don't think so. I know Jason Light, he's a fan of the value in the later rounds. I see him trading down a few spots and maybe getting like a defensive back. I know we've mentioned quite a few in detail, but 
I don't think this is a year you can trade down and not get like the player, the players are that are on the top of your board. It's not really the time to sit and wait for a guy. I don't know if that makes sense, but they should, if, if they're at 19 and they see a guy they like, they should take him. I'm with you. Uh, I don't feel like you need to trade just to, just to make a trade, you know? And yeah, obviously the bucks have been very calculated with their trades. You know, they picked up a lot of value with the trade they made last year. Um, they clearly made the right call. I, I keep, I keep bringing this up the Logan Hall trade where they got a lot of picks and made the first pick in the second round. And then the Tristan Wirfs trade where they moved up one spot. And of course it was a 1 million percent well worth it. I'll keep talking about the Tristan Wirfs trade fourth tackle off the board. They're going to try to recreate that magic this year with a lot of the uh, offensive tackle discussion that's been going on. Wayne Haskins says need more picks in the draft. I don't know. They have a lot of picks. I, I get that not having a fourth rounder is um, a little annoying, but I don't know. A lot of trades go on. You don't have to do it in the first round, make a trade in the second round or, you know, do a package deal. I'm sure the bucks will make a trade at some point. Cause they seem to every single year. Um, but it will be exciting to see. Uh, another thing that's very exciting is if you get to use age rejuvenation. So let's hear a message from our friends at that company. As we age, our hormones decrease, both for men and women. I was tired all the time, had no sex drive. I was groggy. I felt like I was 80 years old because everything hurt. I came to age rejuvenation because I was tired all the time. Bioidentical hormones has really made such an impact in people's lives. I actually enjoy shopping now. Got my, all my energy back. Mind is sharp. I feel like I'm 18 again. It was perfect for me. Get with age rejuvenation. Do it now. Don't wait. Call age rejuvenation today. Feel better, have better sex using agerejuvenation.com. They have a bunch of different therapies out there to help you from their testosterone, peptide, and stem cell therapy. Go to agerejuvenation.com, see how it can help you. You see John Gilmore on the picture. That's a current picture of John Gilmore. He, of course, was a big part of our Pewter Game Day show. Uh, played in the NFL for the Buccaneers. I believe he went to Michigan. Not that it really matters for age rejuvenation. But, uh, yeah, then played for a while with the Bucs. Um, he feels great. He talks about it all the time. Scott Reynolds has said that uh, he's lost 10 pounds from it. I'm talking about Scott. Um, he, has, he feels 10 years younger. He's not taking naps anymore. So go to age rejuvenation. See how it can help you today. That's agerejuvenation.com. Um, Adam, there was another topic we wanted to get to before we end the show, and that's giving an overall grade for how the Bucs have navigated free agency to this point. I will uh, pass the mic to you. You give, uh, you give me and the Peter people your thoughts about how the Bucs have gone through the 2023 free agency. So in my opinion, I think the Bucs have done very well given the circumstances and how they've navigated free agency and, and finding value, I think, yes. is probably the biggest takeaway. And Jamel Dean, we talked about, he only got $13 million a year when mm -hmm. predictions were $17, 18000000 million. Levante David at $7 million when he could have probably got double digits if he really sought out an offer. And not just re-signing key guys, but also... Baker Mayfield, getting him for only $4 million guaranteed. When you look at the other quarterbacks in the division, Andy Dalton, Taylor Heineke, and Derek Carr. Carr got a $37.5 million average, which is crazy. Taylor Heineke, $7 million. And Andy Dalton, $5 million. Is Baker Mayfield really worse than those quarterbacks? I don't think so. Not Dalton. I mean, yeah. Dalton, they're on the same playing level. The Red Rifle, he had his time, but... Baker Mayfield, he has more upside. And so I think they yes. did really well with all the quarterback signing, getting him at that price point. And then also Greg Gaines at, I think it was like three and a half, four million. Yeah, I want to say three inexpensive. And a half. Yeah, when last year, Akeem Hicks was eight million. And so that was another really great value signing. And then Chase Edmonds for the minimum. And I'm sure the Bucks will fill out the roster with more veteran free agents and kind of finding bargains. But in my opinion, if I had to give a grade, I would say B plus or A minus, with maybe the only the only slights being the secondary and losing Mike Edwards and Sean Murphy Bunting. But with a cornerback class that's so deep, 
You never know what they're going to do with their first-round pick. It could very easily go up. Yeah, it's funny you said that, Greg, because I was going to give it a B-plus off the bat. I think the Gaines one is really important. For everything you said about Akeem Hicks, $8 million, Gaines is you know at least $5 million less than that. Gaines is going to come in and be that like run-stuffer type of guy. And when Akeem Hicks only got you one sack on the year, it's fine if you're paying a guy three and a half million and he's just going to stop the run and maybe not give you too much as a pass rusher. So that's fine with what they're getting from Greg Gaines. You know, that's why a lot of this is on Logan Hall. The fact that they got Jamel Dean and Levante David back, no one saw that coming. Nobody saw that coming. We all thought Jamel Dean was as good as God. So the fact that they pulled that off, the fact that, At least with Baker Mayfield, you can go, all right, if he can do this. I never felt that way with Jacoby Brissett. I respect Jacoby Brissett, but I'm glad he's not with the Bucs. Baker, you can at least try to tap into some of that talent that he's had. And same with Kyle Trask. They're, they're, They're in the exact same boat when it comes to that. The only thing I don't love, and we've kind of all been on the table with this, Anthony Nelson probably got a little bit too much money for kind of like what we um, what we were expecting. But that's okay because you still needed to fill out the depth. It remains to be seen what they do with the rest of the secondary. If they, if they re-sign Logan Ryan, I'm willing to give it an A. I'm absolutely yeah. willing to give it an A. But I think for the time being, B-plus is definitely where they are because they've done a great job. Um, we do have a couple Super Chats to get to, so... Let's hit it. Thank you to Salty Buccaneer for the $4.99 Super Chat. They say, we have needs all over the roster. Let the board play out the way it does and make selections that will help us in 2023 and beyond. Best, best player available. Yeah, I agree with that for the most part. Um, I think, uh, Adam, I'm curious to get your opinion, but I think as far as the first round goes, I think tackle and safety – if Brian Branch is there, or tackle the Brian Branch is really what it comes down to. I think that should be how they should navigate the first round or, you know, the tight end position. We've talked about that. There's different degrees of tight end as well in this year's draft. But um, I wouldn't exactly say best player available, but I do think it's a little more open than kind of just pinpointing it to uh, we have to get this guy. I think a couple other options are on the table. Definitely. I, I agree with you there. Kind of similar to Tristan Wirfs being the fourth tackle taken. The Bucks may take the fourth tackle after the top three are gone at number 19. That's definitely on the table. I know a lot of mock drafts have Darnell Wright, a Tennessee guy, played with yep. Hendon Hooker. Was the other UT. Him. Yeah, the other UT. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so a tackle, that's definitely an option. Brian Branch has a lot of potential, and he'd be a great safety. I know there's a lot of concerns about his speed. But a lot of top safeties, I think uh, there's a tweet today, Ed Reed ran like one one hundredth faster. And we all know what he did yeah. with, with the Ravens. So Former New York Jet parade, Ed Reed. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Uh, shout but, out. Box. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, with regards to like best player available, it's a lot more open this year than in previous years. If there's a guy that slips down the board and there's room to play him and start him, it could – be really any position of need. Yeah, without question. I, I don't think the Bucs are going to limit themselves. Uh, Bucks Basement, thank you for the $2 Super Chat, says, can we go with the veteran kicker, then waste a pick? I'm sure there will be a kicker competition in this year's training camp. Will it be as appealing, as invigorating as Kyle Trask against Baker Mayfield? No, it will not. But I, I don't think the Bucs are going to say, this is our guy, and we're going to give him no competition at all. Um, Shaggy says, uh, giving the Bucks free agency grade a solid B. So, got that. Uh, yeah, feel free to uh, give your grade. Shaggy says, A. Nelly got a good agent. Yes, he does. Yeah, A. Nelly probably got a little bit overpaid, but you know what? That's, that's all right. Uh, let's see. Long lost Glazer. Offensive tackle in the first, safety in the second, tight end in the third, trade up for a running back you like. 
Tajay Spears in the fourth. Then sprinkle in DT, LB, Edge with day three leftovers. That's kind of what I did in my drafts. I did Darnell Wright first. Then I did Sidney Brown in the second. Oh, who did I do in my third round? Um, oh, I went with a corner. I went with the corner from Oregon State. Uh, Alex Austin, something with an A. Um, I had running back going late, but yeah, then I did sprinkle in like DT and uh, Lonnie Phelps from Kansas. So, oh yeah, tight end. I didn't go in the third round. Tight end. I have Tucker Kraft from South Dakota State. That's a real interesting guy. I'm telling you, if he's there in like the fifth or sixth round, Buck should go after him. Hmm. What was your mock draft again? Do you remember off the top of your head? It was Brian Branch, one, Felix Azuma, Anudike, uh, State. Anudike Uzama, yeah. Kyle Blue Kelly, I think uh, Zach Kuntz from yes, Old Dominion, yeah. round end. five, and uh, like Dante Stills, the defensive tackle out of uh, West Virginia. A couple other picks in there. But. Right, yeah. It's tough, it's tough to uh, tough to remember all of them. But, hey, again, want to give a shout-out to everybody that uh, was watching the show today. If you're new to it and maybe you're not as familiar to pewterreport.com as, uh, as everyone else is, please uh, follow us on our social media on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. It's at pewterreport. Of course, pewterreport.com is our website. We always got a ton of Bucks content going on the website and our social media. And then of course our YouTube channel, what you got right now uh, that's at Peter report TV, please like, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Always trying to get those nubbies up. We always put out a bunch of different videos. We have the podcast four times a week, a lot of great stuff. So please like, and subscribe to our social media and our YouTube channel at Peter report and at Peter report. TV. That's going to do it for us on tonight's show. Another great week in the books. A lot of interesting stuff that went on for the Buccaneers this week. And who knows what will go on uh, next week. Thanks to Slim Stank for this comment. Good show, men. Thank you. Thank you to all the Peter people that watch. We're in full swing with uh, draft season. We'll end with two more comments. Salty Buccaneer says, guys, we all know Jason Light loves to trade back. That's the Patriot front office roots in him. He'll probably trade back to get us a fourth, potentially. And then Emily says, go Bucks!" Hit that like button. Peace and hit that like button. Again, thank you to everybody, the Peter people. We really appreciate everybody that takes a little bit of time in their day to watch us. Um, that's going to do it for us. We got a whole week of content coming up next week as well as we get closer to the NFL draft. So for Adam Slavon, I'm Matt Tara saying thank you everybody for watching. We'll see you next week for another edition of the Peter Report podcast. Have a great weekend. Peace out.